everyone, it's Ben. Boy, do I love recording intros, especially when it gives me the chance to clear the air about some pretty nasty insinuations that Sam threw my way last week. Are he and I both in Chicago now? Yes. Have we hung out since? Yes, actually, during which he passed along a truly lovely comment from one of you listeners that really touched me. Uh, as I've been kind of navigating my place in the creative arts in a post-professional capacity. Uh, Hearing that you get a kick out of my bits had me floating for a couple days, so thank you. Is Sam trying to bait me into starting drama? Yes, you better believe he is. But, good thing, I am a force of growing and learning. A bright little ray of sunshine that serves as a beacon from the north side of Chicago, where Sam can find me wherever and whenever our schedules allow, and whenever he doesn't have COVID again. Now that that's settled and you're comfy or commuting, this is my weekly reminder to like, share, and subscribe wherever you find this weird bit of media, and enjoy this week's episode of The Heroes Die. Hey everybody, how we doing this week? Excellent. Still really mature. Yeah. Doing, doing, doing really mature. Yeah, I can tell um, from the room tone behavior. Really, and it's nice to see. It's just nice to see. Yeah, I've grown up. Yeah, that's why I have yeah. to close my eyes. It's Ben's nice sporting a, a nice cardigan. He's smoking a pipe, reading. Mm-hmm. Not filled with tobacco though, because that would be immature. This is no. mm-hmm. reading Proust. Oh, grass. Yeah. I have a question for you this week. Oh boy. Uh, it is similar to the question about handiness. Um, but what level of cooking ability do you personally aspire to? And how close are you to it? I want to be the greatest chef in the world. I want to be renowned. <laughs> I don't I believe you, power. I, I know that that's not true. I know that no, that's I not do. true. I want to be the best at everything there is in the world. Why would you not? You're selling yourself short if you don't want to. Whether or not how much you try for it, <laughs> that doesn't matter. I'm very far from it, but if this I woke up one day with the desire to, I would want to be the assessment best. Assessment of aspirations that I have ever heard. Hey, Sam, can you back off Malcolm Gladwell, please? <laughs> <laughs> ben read Ten Thousand Hours a few times, and it really had an impact on him. And you're—I didn't that- even read it. That's the thing. But I wish I could. I, I want to be the best at reading that book I mean- <laughs> ever. If I read it, I would read it ten thousand times. It's kind of in the headline, you know. Once you see the title, you kind of read the book, right? I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Just like I get cooking, I just haven't done it to become the greatest ever. So pretty far away from that level. Yeah, the level ocean's you aspire to, yeah. pretty, pretty far away from it. And we know oh. he started pretty high up on that ladder with Trisket Pizza. So like- Exactly. He doesn't have far to go. Right. No, he does not have far to go. No. We did not make Trisket Pizza when we were all together in one place. We, we did. Oh, that is no, true. No, we didn't. We, we blew it. it. We could have been the only thing we talked about all weekend. It was so. going to piss off coal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I didn't want to tilt coal out. Like, yeah, I'm not upset. I just Friday thought we night. were going to cook tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Rudy, what about you? I don't I've know. I've heard you talk a bit. You got a good sauce. You got a good sauce. I have a good sauce. Cooking makes me extremely anxious. I don't do well with multitasking in general, and cooking kind of runs on that. And uh, I don't know, I just, I get very nervous about the idea of like, because like if you cook something and it sucks, everyone's night is ruined, yeah. you know? So it's like, You're the that, that, that weighs very heavy on me. What I aspire to would be to get really good at like cooking simple 
you know, peasant style dishes that are large enough to feed a like a big family style group of people. Just so like just like a lot of caviar <laughs> and potato chips. <laughs> I mean, American caviar is quite cheap, and you all could get it if you wanted to. But I thought it was the other. I way guess out. you're not as I guess you're not aspiring to exactly That's to greatness in your Rude. snack life. Sense. When you say when you say peasant food, I remember like I'm talking like you mentioned like yeah. menudo like turn up. What yeah. what else is on that? What else is in that? You know, I I mean, I consider a lot of like just like reg like pastas and red sauce to be mm-hmm. peasant food. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's stuff that was quick to make and could fill you up after a long day of work mm-hmm. and is cheap. You know, it's like, I'm not looking to like, I don't have any aspiration to like, like work on a recipe and be like, you know, like, Oh fuck. Like now I know how to make, um, I don't know, something really fancy or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, cause I, like not, I know I can't do that. I'd rather go to a restaurant and order mm-hmm. that by someone who's lived, trained their whole life to make that for me. Every time I make some, I don't know. Every time I make something and I eat it, I'm like, I wish I had <laughs> had someone else's food. <laughs> it's just never like I'm never blown away by anything I make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here's something. Okay, I I don't want to derail it, but here's something that I'm really curious about cooking wise. You know, I use a lot of seasoning when I'm cooking, but like salt, I don't know whether or not something is salted enough until it's clearly too salted. Oh, that threshold. So, like, like when people yeah. like taste shit and they're like, "This needs more salt." I don't understand what they mean, like what they're tasting and not finding. I correct it by wanting to be the saltiest cook there ever was. <laughs> like, if you just always make sure that your dish is the saltiest, yeah, then you don't need to worry about it. Like, that's right. running that's how right. directly at odds with his other mark. aspiration. It's right. a tragic and self defeating lifestyle. Yeah. Hey, you don't know. Rudy, the, the inside the, of my body is pretty dry. Like, what, I is, have, what is I have a little yeah. bit of an answer for you. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure how help, helpful it'll be, but no, I think please. It, it might help frame it. Salt acts like an abrasive on your tongue, and it helps you taste other things better. So, when you add salt to a dish, you're helping wake up all of those other flavors. So, you never want something to be salty, right? Unless it's right. a potato chip it's or a you. french fry. Um, Caviar. Or Ben, who wants, yeah. obviously, to be the saltiest uh, chef in the world. Yep. Um, so as you add salt, you add it a little bit at a time, um, or you add the final amounts of salt a little bit at a time, and you'll watch as you'll, you'll notice the other flavors brighten up without ever quite becoming salty. And so that's sort of the process. And then it's like, a you know, a, it's, it is a taste thing, but it's also a little bit of a learned thing. You'll, you'll see, you'll, you'll watch those other flavors sort of perk without tipping over into a salty sauce or what have you hmm. or just be the saltiest dish and then then you don't need to worry about it that like here's a lot of the anxiety that you were talking about yeah. i used Will to Harold, that what's your answer to the question <laughs> oh um my answer is i want whatever level of cooking is being able to like dice an onion within a minute and once <laughs> i'm at that level i think i will be happy yeah <laughs> mm. okay so that principle applied to across the threshold of comfort in the kitchen as opposed to just i'm gonna do that and then i'll be the i'll be a really good cook just actually meeting the prep time instructions on recipes yeah Yeah. no exactly right five minutes psychopaths at the new york times yeah (laughs) i made this cheese dip last night my whole ass was at 15 (laughs) minutes of prep time i cut goddamn 12 jalapenos got them in my eye cooked bacon horse shit horse shit (laughs) is that 15 minutes Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So mad. And it basically just came out like yeah. cream cheese. I'm putting it on bagels now instead of actually <laughs> doing chips. I think Ben is the saltiest cook now. Yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, Morgan, where are you at? I, I, I have a sense that you don't have like high aspirations in the kitchen. Yeah, uh, I, I am. I am completely fine with where my ability is at right now. I I like cooking. I don't love it. And I, I respect people who do it a lot, but yeah, not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I get very little satisfaction out of making a good meal. Have you ever been, what's the most disappointed you've ever been in making a meal? I don't know. I, I, I don't think you I've ever found bad. that depth yet. <laughs> no, no, I, I usually don't think I fuck up that bad. Oh. There's not a lot of peaks and, or troughs in the experience yeah. of cooking. It's just like pretty middle of the road. And Have any of us ever been insulted to our face about something we made? Well, that's a good question. Mm. Mm. No, no, I not. no. I don't think I have either. And I think that's one of the most stressful things about <laughs> cooking for people is you know that if you're cooking for them, it's pretty unlikely unless they're extremely honest or kind of a dick. Or allergic to it. Or allergic to <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm not talking like dietary restrictions and shit. I mean like after you make it, them saying that was poor quality. Right, right. Like, you don't really get insulted for you. <laughs> but like sometimes I want to know. Yeah. I, want, I want the feedback. Like You know what I mean? The closest I've come to that was uh, right before the pandemic started. Bree's brother, Matt, visited us in L.A., and we were like, oh, what are we going to do for dinner? And we were like, all right, let's do cacio e pepe. And we made it. And he was like, oh, you're not reserving pasta water? I've never seen pasta sauce without pasta water. And I was like, oh, yeah, I never really think of that. Yeah, so I grabbed some pasta water. And then I added just way too much of it. My hand slipped a little bit. I just knew immediately that I had poured too much in. And it was still very hot. And so I'm like stirring the shit out of it. And then we had the pasta in. And it's scrambled eggs. Right. It's not cacio e pepe. It is not a creamy sauce. It is it is scrambled eggs and a bunch of like quasi melted Parmesan cheese. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, God damn it. This is the first time I am cooking dinner for this guy. Uh, We have not really spent time together before. And Brie and I have been together for like a few years. And I'm like, God, this is so embarrassing. And I'm like, we should just get pizza. We should just get pizza. And uh, Brie is like, no. No, we'll we'll we can eat this. And I'm like, it's it's scrambled eggs. And he goes, Yeah, we should just get pizza. Uh, <laughs> this looks really bad. <laughs> so, so you have been insulted to your face about your yeah. cooking. Uh-huh. He didn't try it. But I mean, he did he did confirm all of the shit I was it's talking about. The fundamentals about of the dish had been so yeah, mangled. <laughs> <laughs> so then I walk up the street <laughs> to go to this pizza place on York Avenue and come back uh, with pizza, which we then enjoyed, right? And so this has lived in the back of my mind a little bit for a while. And I was like, oh, you know, obviously it wasn't a big deal to anybody else. Last week, Bree tells me that Matt, in one of their ketchups, because he's living in Berlin now, tells her, uh, last week I, I made cacio e pepe and I really fucked it up. So if you want to mention that to Sam, I'm like, 
Motherfucker, it's been three years, and you still think of me that. every that's time validation. you think of shitty cacio e pepe. My yeah. worst fears are true. That is, yeah, that's just validation for anxiety that people will remember when you mess up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hold that shit for him for a while. I remember when people mess up. They will too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So that's, yeah, I guess so, Cole. Yeah. If uh, you want to say that is a hard yes from Sam, then yeah, take that. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Cole, what about you in the kitchen? Where are you at? I think I'm maybe sort of similar to Rudy in that, like, I think about it with, like, kind of a, like a theme. I want to be able to make something for any number of people that I would reasonably want to host. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to make good food for two people. And good food for three and good food for four and maybe like good food for five, right? And then I'm like, that's enough people for me. So I I think I tend to really get excited about getting better at things that are like, ooh, let's try this. So I don't know. I feel like I enjoy being creative in the kitchen, which is what I like about where I'm at cooking. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think I have some distance to go in like perfecting some recipes. I think that's one of the cool things about the cooking conversations I've had with a few of you guys is about like the work over time on a recipe, especially for cooking for other people. Because for myself, I tend to be very just like rice, beans, salad, like something very simple. Yeah. Speaking of eating, um, that's going to be something that y'all are going to want to do pretty soon here as you wake up to the entire tower rumbling again. Basically, an earthquake wakes y'all up out of your sleep in this little private room in which you have safely rested. So give yourself those hit points back if you needed any, your spells are reset, you have successfully and safely slept through the night in the Aaron Tower. What is going on next? And are there any conversations that y'all want to have with one another? Shh, Claude, Claude, it's okay, it's okay. As the rumbling Friend, was that your stomach? No, I, I'm as hungry as it sounds, but uh, no, that uh, sounded like a foundational error occurring. Um, Ron, what happened? I, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, I think that was another one of these weird things that happens. Oh, very astute, Ron. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Wow. He's over there polishing his new armor. And also, thank you for this that you've given me permanently. Yes, yes right. <laughs> uh, fellows, what say we traverse across the hallway into that uh, that next room where we saw? I'm feeling, uh, well, as prepared as we will ever be. Best to move before they know we're here. Excellent. Leighton takes down the armor and the accounting notebook. Right. <laughs> That's going to be part of his wages. We'll be invoiced. And we are headed to a new map. So hit refresh on yield roll 20. It's a black square. Night here. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Big time. Got to turn off ye old dynamic lighting. Oopsies. Oh. oh I can oh, see no. everything. That's I can see clearly now. Don't look at anything. I'm looking at everything, Sam. You can't <laughs> stop me. God damn it. Wow. Oh, that sucks. Enemies everywhere. There are some enemies. We're surrounded, guys. Yeah. Oh, I'm so frustrated. I'm <laughs> Sam, do you aspire to uh, do a really great polygon reveal? Um, Doesn't mean you ever will. You guys are all dicks. <laughs> so, you walk Sam has some real polygon pizzazz, and it's You're trying to keep you real, man. And land where <laughs> you are here, Leighton. You have a ten, or you have a five foot radius on your curse state right now. I don't know if that's accurate. I if should not, not. Feel free to adjust it. Yeah. 
Walking up the stairs, I've got you in marching order, Svend and Andruk at the front abreast, then Eugene and Claude and Leighton in one little uh, two by two block right there, followed by Ron and the professor. If you want to adjust yourselves, feel free. How are you making your way upstairs? Carefully, quietly, announcing yourself? One step at a time. Perhaps we will stay here. We'll sneak in. Okay. Oh, yeah, a little bit louder for whisper. Oh, yes, yes, like in someone yeah, is just in action whisper. Yeah, 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 we must have an action whisper. An active whisper, yeah. So to vouche, they call that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Svench. Oh, right. Okay. I'm going ahead now. So I have the impression that y'all are stealthing. Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, that's what we were trying to do with our voices there. Very stealthy. So quiet we're, sort of thing. We're, we're not showing, we're just telling. Okay. Railroad Wait a second. Wait a second. This, this is a podcast. Is, telling is showing. Well, I was going to say, this is one of the few mediums where we have to tell. <laughs> <laughs> you get up to the Layton stays upstairs, upstairs, and you see more of an empty hallway. Hmm. Can I get stealth rolls from Andruk and Sven, who have pulled into the front of the party? Yes. Sam, while they're doing oh. that, can I detect for magic? Uh, yes, you can be detecting magic. Again, that's sort of your exploration mode jazz. Thank you for reminding me. And you do not detect any magic presently. 27. 24. Nice. 27. And uh, 24. Yeah. 24. 24. Uh, great. So give me perception rolls as well. 16. 16 as well. Wow. 16 and 16. All right, uh, you don't get a sense, uh, you don't gain any more information with that 16. You're at this uh, hallway. You can tell, sort of peering around the corner, that down to the south, it looks like uh, it opens up. And then to the north, uh, it opens up. Each of those openings are about 10 feet away, one to the north, one to the south. And do you wave up the rest of the party? Do you want to continue to explore, to scout a little bit? What's going on? Andrew, I'm going to go to the right, because right is right, and perhaps we uh, listen at the, the entrance there to see uh, what lies ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'll be right behind you, and I think... Um, very good, yeah, I think. Uh, and uh, Sven waves back to, yeah, the other groups to, like, yeah, come but hold, just to, like... Okay, so it sounds like y'all are heading to the right and are waving everybody else up to the top of the stairs. Yeah. Let's right. do it. Right, Sven, is- Andrew, are you heading further... Yeah, it looks like you guys are hitting the corner. Mm-hmm. Great. And let me reveal what y'all see as everybody else moves their pawns up to the corner there. As you turn the corner, you see a pit on the far side of the room. You don't see the creatures in it that are revealed on the map yet, but what you hear as you get a little closer are... Bales in there. Or at least creatures wailing. <laughs> Eugene, do you recognize the calls? Sam, can I roll nature on that? Uh, yes, you can roll nature on that. I'm also going to roll nature on it. I will too. Not to steal Eugene's thunder. But... Actually, can I roll to aid Eugene? Yeah, I mean, it's a natty one, so. I got a four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I call him to tie it to the aid. That's a bummer. Pa- I pass on the aid. That's good. So uh, did someone else roll an independent nature check? I think you were up there, Ben. I did, yeah. I just rolled a 10, though. A 10? And Eugene, that was a natty one, probably for... Um, it's a critical fail, whatever. 10, so, 11. 
yeah, you, there's not there's not a lot of information that you're getting from it. Um, it just sounds like it is a creature, maybe in pain. It sounds piteous. It's wailing, moaning, but no other information. You don't know what kind of creature is making this noise. Um, I will also say that there is an opening. There's a hallway on the uh, far western side of this room, which is also pretty large. It's about 60 feet to the uh, far wall to the south. Uh, so what do you goes do? back to the others. I find it sounds very sad in that room. I would recommend uh, perhaps we investigate here to the north uh, to see what uh, what it might hold. If someone's hurt. That our responsibility in this time and moment to uh, help them. We are more likely to be the hurt ones, frankly. I think it's always our responsibility to hurt, help people who are hurt. Oh, to hurt we are circus we workers. <laughs> we do that too sometimes, let's be honest. <laughs> I am going to check out the room to the north, and then we can check our moral compass to see which direction we head. Great. And Sven, are you stealthing? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so Sven, you get to the corner there, and as you do, you see that the room starts to open up, and you see some creatures moving around inside. Creatures you don't recognize immediately. They look like this. Uh Uh-oh. Sort of a snotty bad guy in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah, and you see that there's pustules on their neck that are just dripping this viscous substance that hits the ground and you can sort of hear it as it does. What do you do? Uh, Sven goes back to the other and says, okay, so it seems like we've got a bit of a spectrum here. Um, we've got very sad things to our south and what look to be very angry things to our north. So what are, what are we feeling? And, and Sven, I'll say this. As the moment that you watch them, they appeared to be looking around the room for something like they were investigating. That was the sense you got in that quick flash. Okay. It seems it would be difficult to go to the north uh, and be unnoticed. Uh, their, their senses were up, so to speak. Why aren't we sending Ron out to scout for us? Oh, this is not a bad... Bad idea, kind of a canary in a cage sort of thing. Well, we don't need to say that specifically. <laughs> I don't think Ron knows what that means. Do you, Ron? It's hard, it's hard to hear inside this helmet. Um, That's good, Ron. That's <laughs> good. Mostly, I just mostly hear You're myself fine. breathing right now. I don't think he's going to be an asset. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Yeah. So Ron will get Ron's skills with diplomacy or not. <laughs> Ron comes up, looking once again like Frodo in Mordor, clomping around in orc armor, and he goes, "Oh, okay, okay." So those are a sort of other kind of Zulgath, and they're they're bile bearers, and um. I mean, like, I don't know if, like, I wouldn't call them, like, enemies exactly, but, like, we don't, they don't, they don't really like me. <laughs> Ron, is this just an interpersonal thing between you and the bile bearers, or is this, like, there's a, a founded... You know, big founded... personalities, they always tend to clash. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you, I mean, you have to imagine if you're bearing bile all the time, that's a big oh, responsibility. It, if something goes wrong there, there'd right. be real problems. All right, Sven, are you asking me if I'm speaking for all Zulgaths? All Zulgath? No, I'm just speaking personally. Like, they don't like me. I don't know right. why. And they've explicitly said this. This is not just you framing this in your mind because of sort of a general demeanor from them. It's what really, with them bearing bile. 
It's a really good question. And I think I got to think, I got to sit with that for a minute because I'm not <laughs> sure how much of this is just me bringing my well, own yeah. fears to the table. Well, Ron, the fact that you're even willing to consider the fact that there might be something on your side with all this is a perfect sign of growth. You know, I'm proud of you, Ron. The only way we grow as people is to examine these uh, prejudices of ourselves. In fact, Ron, let's have a look at, uh, we do, we, it's called confrontation therapy. Um, you know, sometimes you have to face your fears and maybe have a doubt with it. So what, what I'm suggesting here, and this is again you know, free will, why don't you go up there and talk to the bio bears? Ask them if they do indeed have a problem with you. I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, well, he's fine. He's got the armor. I think we're talking far too much. Go on, Ron. <laughs> Have a talk with them. I think you'll find it very comforting. He does. He goes, all right, yeah. I'll see what's up. Hold on, no. If Ron's going, I'm going. That's how strongly I feel about this. Well, exactly. Ron goes first, and then we oh, kind of get a read on the room. <laughs> I appreciate that. If we need to do that. some dusting up, then we at least have the distraction of Ron in there. We are not sending Ron into the bile blade bearers. Ron, come on. Back here. Ron. Now, you guys, hey, I have done nothing but try to support you guys. And I just feel like you're all just angry at me. No, 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 Ron. We just think you're a natural born leader and want you to go first. He's not talking to us, Professor. Yeah, Ron has left the room and is yelling at the bile bearers. Who turn to him and they say, <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. You don't get out of it that easy. You have been rude to me. And I'm not just taking it personally. This isn't all in my head. And <laughs> he's like, what do you mean you don't know how he died? That's what you... And... In the corner of the room that you couldn't see from where you were, Ron seems to be making reference to the body of a dead Zulgath warrior in the corner. And Andrik, did you say you were staying with him? I was good. I was going to stay close to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. What does that look like on the map? Uh, I think that Druk is standing at literally at the corner, going into that room, kind of like I don't know, peeking one eye out, uh, making sure that Ron's not about to get um, charged by these. Uh, bile bears all right so you're doing that and they're like and ron's like that's my friend oh uh that's who he is he's my friend hi 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 um i'm ron's uh uh leadership coach i'm working with him on a few professional things uh you know geared towards advancement in his field can i get your names yeah ron does some translating and their names are uh, and oh, what a beautiful squish. name, Squish. My mother was was a Squish. Nice to meet you. Have any of you ever considered leadership coaching? Yeah, there are more of them. So what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ron. Uh, you know. No. I have the authority to bring my friends back to my home. This is where I live. Ron, don't flex. Ron, don't no. flex. You should have seen what they did to those people downstairs. You can't disrespect me like that anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> what he means is the coaching that we did. They are they are really self-actuating down and there. And the bile bears draw 
daggers from their waists. <laughs> Roll for initiative. Okay, we're going live. Yep. <laughs> Andrew, what's going on in there? <laughs> you did this. This is on me, guys. I, my bad. New map. Can everyone see themselves on the initiative tracker? Yeah. Yes. Ooh, Eugene, coming in with a spicy 30 at initiative. Andruk, 19, Leighton, 17, the Professor, 13, Sven in at 12. It's Eugene's turn. Eugene, what are you going to do? You hear a fight beginning to break out just around the corner. Yeah, I think Eugene's just going to move 5, 10, 15, 20, 5 to here. Just outside of the room? Mm-hmm. And then be like, Andruk, what the hell's going on in here? All right, a move and a question. Andruk, you have time to answer him now that it is your turn. Leadership coaching, right, uh, Ron? Yeah, I mean, you guys have been really supportive of me so far, uh, and I, I, I appreciate that. I, I think that, you know, it's been a lot of give and take. I wouldn't just I wouldn't just call it, you know, coaching. That, that sort of hierarchy hasn't really fit our relationship so far, I don't think. You know what? That's fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> stall, stall. Got it. Uh, that brings us up to... The bile bearer's turn. Bile bearer, not really considering this a diplomatic mission, and is going to charge up to run. Do you have that armor on his AC, Sam? It it wouldn't benefit him. He can't wear it. He's uh, mostly just he's wearing like a couple of pieces of it. It's too big. Still a lot of metal. Just metal in the way, baby. Metal in the way. It's a plus ten to his AC. <laughs> Fifteen <laughs> doubles. <laughs> Double move to get up to Ron. Wow, and he's proficient. And you really think you're going to hit a 29 here, dude? In. <laughs> Let's talk this one out. <laughs> Don't you? You killed him. You yeah, killed him, you monster. Sam. It's, it's a crit. Um, oh, no. And oh, his blood is on your hands, my friend. <laughs> that is not true. Uh, that is going to be... It absolutely is true. <laughs> you have complete control over both characters involved. You're, you're a GM assassinating a non-PC. Yeah. This blood is it's, obviously it's the most whatever. mitigatable damage you could ever do. Whatever, whatever helped y'all sleep at night. Okay. Um, I don't need to hear wow. it. It's kind of gross to me, uh, personally. But uh, I hope these words come back to you in judgment. <laughs> And you see that this dagger, as it gets closer and slashes up towards Ron's neck, that it is coated in some viscous substance, roughly the color of what is oozing out of the sacks around their neck. Ron is going to make a fortitude DC save. <laughs> Ron is going to be forever changed. <laughs> uh, we got Ron. Hey, we got yeah. Ron, guys. Come on. We got him. <laughs> We, we can't let Sam take him from us. We got Ron. No. Ron fails. And Can is show me that Therefore, die. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Ron fails and um, is finding himself fatigued. Ron is fatigued oh, by the so poison bad. coating this blade. Could you uh, that on? is Zulgath Bilebearer number three's turn. Next up is Zulgath Bilebearer number two, who's going to scoot up. 5, 10, 15, 25, and is going to double move and swipe out at Evans Eugene, odds on Druk, 
gonna take a swing at with his dagger at Andruk. Uh, 13 to hit. That'll miss. That'll miss, won't it? That's three actions. Andruk, it's your turn. Druk is very upset. He thought his ruse was working perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to uh, take, excuse me, Druk is going to move 10 feet to the east and draw his bow um, before taking a shot at Bilge, the bile bearer to the northwest. All right. The the one that is for the, the one that is not in the action right now. The one that is not in the action right now. Got it. It's a 31. 31 is a crit. Nice. Dead eye. That's 19 damage. 19 damage. Huge, huge damage there. I was just trying to talk. Yeah, so that center mass right there, still up, but a significant portion of HP down. That's a move. Did you do PBS? Nope. Okay, so you have another action? No. Or you drew the bow? I drew the bow. Right I, didn't, I definitely didn't have it out. Leighton, you're up. All right, Leighton is going to step around so that he can see how stabbed Ron is. Uh, Ron is uh, looking a, a little messed up. Yeah. Like there's like a dagger in his fucking neck? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Bleeding. Bleeding. Um, still still on his feet. Still on his feet for sure. Okay. Um, y'all, y'all had healed him up to full, so, you know, he's he's got some life left in. Great. Sven, I'm just going to leave you a gap. Claude, get in there. And he's going to slap Sven on the back to magic weapon. And then Claude is going to run up into the fray and start kicking. All right. Ooh. 19. So that is going to be a 29. A 29. That is a crit. Hell yeah. Let's see it. Nice. Um, 16 points of damage from Claude. 16 points of damage from the big horse. Nicely done. That's the end of my turn. That's the end of your turn. Ooh. Well, the bile bearer that Druk just shot is not loving that, is going to charge up at Druk with a double move coming into the fray, gets up in Druk's business, and is also going to slash out with its dagger. That is a two on the die. That is going to be a miss. Damn it. Ah, and that is its turn. The professor, you're up. What you got for us? The professor is still at the top of the staircase and is now running around the corner to join uh, the party. So it's 5, 10, 15, 20. Okay, so he'll stay here. He he moves 20 feet and is uh, uh, crouched behind Leighton. And uh, he will hit uh, the bile bearer that is a facing clod with a uh, produce flame. Uh, that is a 19 to hit. 19? Yeah. Is a hit. Oh, oh yeah. excellent. 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 A critical hit. You heard it here literally first. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so that is uh, five points of damage. Better than nothing. Wow. Wowee. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Trading sick burns over there. <laughs> Isn't it a D6, Rudy? <laughs> a what? I'm sorry? It's a D6, right? That's like a five out of six. No. Produce flame? Yeah. No, it's a D4. Isn't it a couple yeah. D4? Because isn't it no. automatically... Oh, you're right, because it's level two. You're right. It's another D4. Alakahuti. That is uh, nine points of damage, actually. Nine points of damage. Hell yeah. On 2D4 plus four is more reasonable, I would say. More reasonable. Certainly, certainly. Thank you for Oof. pointing that out. That's honest gaming there. 
Hey, I'm rooting for you, as always. Sven, you're up. What you got going? Yeah, Sven is going to step into the little gap and open and going to unleash a uh, double double slice. Unleash a double slice. Oh, 19 to hit. 19 hits. Yeah. Make them rue the day. Uh, wow, okay. That will be 15 points of damage. 15 points of damage, and you swing with the hammer first, right? Yeah, that's right. So your hammer comes down, cracks that skull like an egg, and your sickle rises up on the double slice and catches it just under that, like, pustule sack on its neck, ripping it open, ending its life. You have one more action. Nice. Uh, I'm then going to uh, step in to right here to get off next to the next dude. Move action. Excellent. That's the end of round one, the top of round two. You've taken out one of the combatants. They've moved up. Ron has taken some licks. Claude is doing some serious damage along with Sven, Andruk, and I will include the professor in that. Uh, Eugene, you're up. Um, Eugene is going to cast Magic Fang on himself. His hands are going to turn into big bear claws, and then he's going to move 5, 10, 15, 20 to right there. And that'll be his turn. All right, that is his turn. It's Bile Bear number three's turn, and he is going to screw up his face just a little bit. And Ron, you see Ron go, oh, no. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Had to happen. (laughs) As this cloud of gas exits its body from somewhere on the lower half. You don't know where it's coming from exactly. I'm going to need fortitude saves from Eugene, Sven, and Ron. Huh? Let me guess. Ron fails. Ron passes. Ooh. Oh, boy. 11 from Sven. Oh, Sam, so happy. It's a natty 20 for a 31 for Eugene. God damn it. (laughs) Obviously a critical success. So this is what's known as a putrid blast. All adjacent creatures must attempt a fortitude save on a failure. Spend that as a failure, but not a critical failure. On a failure, Mm -hmm. the creature is slowed one until the end of its next turn and takes a minus two circumstance penalty to fortitude saves against Zulgath Bile for one minute. Okay. That is uh, two actions, and for its final action, it is going to uh, slice out at Svend. Come on, baby. Yeah. 26 to hit. That will hit. You are going to take eight damage. Okay. And there is no fortitude save because Ron absorbed the bile that was on the blade. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Ron. You monsters. You're all monsters. How uh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> bear number two. Several of us is... were fighting against this outcome. Bile Bear number two is dead and on the ground underneath. Well, not underneath Sven's uh, feet any longer, but Sven trod through his remains. Andruk, it is your turn. What do you do? Uh, Druk is going to charge, um, let's say, 30 feet to the um, north um, and uh, get into point blank stance. So that's two actions. And then start shooting again at the the, um, same Zulgath that he was shooting at. Uh, before a strategy that would have been impossible in Pathfinder 1e and is uh, so much fun 24 24 24 mm-hmm. is a hit nice dude. great uh seven points of damage nice seven points of damage 
still up. Pam. Is that it for Andruk? That's it. Right on. Layton. Claude is going to take a step forward towards the one that Andruk just split past and bring down another hoof. Ah, 14. 14's a miss. Yeah, whiffs it on that one. Um, and Layton is going to step around the corner and toss off a, an electric arc. So can I get reflex arc. saves from the two buddies, please? Reflex save number one coming in. 26 and an 18. Pass fail. Just like all the good classes you take in college. <laughs> um, and that is going to be eight points of damage. Four for the half? Yes. That knocks out the Zulgath Bilebearer 1 that Andre yes. was peppering with arrows. Don't worry, Claude. And I got him. Full damage goes through on the one that you have surrounded. Bilebearer number 1 is off the map, is dead. No longer in turn order as we speak. Professor, you're up. Yes, the professor moves up again behind Leighton and is going to attempt uh, to to put down the bile bear that is surrounded with a produce flame. It's a 24, in case that... Hit, not a crit. Okay, that is 11 points of damage. 11 points of Let's damage. Go. Not too shabby, not too shabby at all. Still up. Sven, it's your turn. You are slowed one. Yeah, that means uh, I don't even need to move. I'm just going to double slice on this guy. <laughs> oh, nice Very easy. well. Uh-huh. <laughs> It'll be, well, I guess uh, is an 18 a hit? 18 is a hit. Oh, we love yes. to see it. Yes. We love to see it. Uh, let me put those on there. Uh, um, and that will be 13 points of damage. 13 points of damage pushes him over. The third bile bearer is dead. And our trail of blood and horror continues. <laughs> no doubt. Welcome so, to the circus. <laughs> looking around this room, it's pretty big. Uh, to the In the northwest corner up there, you see those uh, orange runes on the ground. Uh, they appear to be in some kind of a line in a half arc uh, on that corner of the room. You also see uh, the body of this Zulgath warrior up against the wall. Uh, upon investigation, it looks like he was somehow like dashed against the wall behind him and died sliding, sliding down, basically. I recognize that this is very mysterious and that we were attacked, but nonetheless, there might be something interesting. Professor, get back here! Uh, the professor <laughs> immediately Sprints approaches the, the runes. The, the professor approaches the runes. Um, Sam, can I do a religion check on them? Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Sam, while he's rolling, can we just assume that Eugene is detecting magic again? Eugene is detecting magic. Um, you detect no active auras from that corner of the room. However, there is some like residual energy coming from them, right? It it appears that they are not entirely deactivated, right? What was your role there, Rudy? Uh, twenty four. A 24, uh, that's enough to recognize a summoning circle. Um, so this, like, really piques the professor's interest. And uh, does he, he... He recognizes it's a summoning circle. He wouldn't recognize what it's trying to summon, would it? No, you wouldn't recognize what it's trying to summon. However, you do know enough with that 24 about summoning circles and the information that Eugene shares with his detect magic that a circle such as this would act as a cage for anything 
that was summoned, right? And that low-lying residue of magic that still seems to be coursing through it would indicate that there's a strong chance it is currently housing something. Oh, dear me. Oh, dear me. Uh, gentlemen, uh, I'm not certain what could be lie behind that line, but it's keeping something in. And let it stay there, and let's deal with the things that are in pain first. <laughs> we should try and figure out a way to break through it, shouldn't we? You yes, are no not a good it. listener, <laughs> Professor. <laughs> no one said that. No one said it at all. Rutherford? Yes, I do agree. Let us uh, perhaps go the other way and uh, investigate the other room first. Now that we've cleared this one. Yes. Excellent. The mystery will still be here, Professor, but there are pressing matters. Very well. Ron, how you doing? Can I help with anything? How's your body? Body in a little bit of pain, but that was so empowering. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that, Ron. Yeah, I mean, I think they don't like me. I didn't like me. It's, it's sort of what I'm walking away. Like, I don't think it was in my head. Yeah. It, that yeah. much <laughs> is true. You at least have evidence. To, your feelings to are valid. Your anxieties about and, it. And you know what? You're valuable. Thanks. It's nice to know I wasn't making it up. You know, like, sometimes you walk around with that. It, 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 you really tanked some shots back there, bud. That was nice. Yeah. That was a well, lot. you know, Ron, I, that I find that in life, most people are out to get you. No. <laughs> me? Me or what? Like, in, in general, any negative feelings that you may, narratives, I should say, that you are constructing about those you meet are probably true. I've had I a very know. opposite experience. <laughs> yeah, like on my better days. Yes, yeah. I like to think that that's not true. Um, oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, but, you know, yeah. I, I can't always be that Ron. I can't always be the Ron who can remember that. Oh. <laughs> We're really getting a lot out there today. <laughs> this, this is why they listen. Yeah. 40 episodes in, I hope. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks, everybody. We really like psychology and philosophy. Oh, boy. <laughs> So, you make your way down to the southern room. We'll summon some clarity. Mm -hmm. As you approach, you hear that wailing, that keening moan. Leighton is going to throw, like, a trail ration into the pit. You throw a trail ration into the pit from like the doorway up there where you are uh yeah i think let's see i'm not a terribly strong individual which won't surprise anyone um i don't know how throwing works mechanically <laughs> no but as far away as i can be and throw it that's where i go <laughs> yes absolutely you can throw you're not trying to you're not aiming at anything no, other I'm... than a a 30 foot by 20 foot hole <laughs> um so i'm not going to be a stickler about whether or not <laughs> you come up five feet short and have to walk to the edge of the pit. You're able to do what you want to do. Drew does you say into the swish! Room, <laughs> <laughs> it's really important that he does get that in. Um, on the eastern side of the room uh, where you are about uh, 20 feet to the south, the, you see that the floor starts to dip down. It looks like there's some kind of uh, a ramp. You're a little too far away to see what all it's going on, but it, it looks like uh, it bends down in a way that the lip of the rest of 
the floor does not. Like they could get there's up. a ramp there. Um, is, you're not sure. Okay, but yeah, you're not. You don't. You don't have a ton of information. It just seems like there is some kind of access down there. So you throw the trail ration down, and you hear a crest in the keening. And then. What do you do? Yeah, so they clearly need help now. Uh, we could reconsider, perhaps going the other way. No, <laughs> Ron, can you translate this for us? Are they saying anything? No, I, I am part of my French here, but I have no fucking idea what's going on right now with those. With that, that's. I get it. You're still on a high from the breakthrough you just had. Yeah, Don't yeah, worry yeah. about it. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad you're yeah. not filtering in front of us anymore, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> He's high as a kite on that venom. Uh, Oh, God. But you know what? I think you should go over there and tell him how you feel. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. What would ever possess you to say such an interesting thought? Layton's going to take another trail ration and throw it over and then start walking over saying, Are you hungry? Mm -mm. Oh, we might lose him here, folks. Yes. Truth is staying close by. Claude, Claude follows him. Evil demon ghost written all over it. <laughs> Leighton isn't cold. So you start talking as you throw the trail ration and you hear that moaning crest again. But instead of crashing back down as it did before, it stays at that pitch. <laughs> And it starts to get in your ears and it feels like it's running straight through your head. I'm going to need Fuck this place. a will save. <laughs> will save, you said? I'm going to need a will save from Leighton. And uh, Leighton, I'm going to say that you're about here when that happened. Andruk, are you what? hanging back? <laughs> you're, you're approaching the edge of the pit, is what I heard. Y- yeah, and I walked from 20 feet away to here. The cent- Okay. Okay, is, same thing. Same same thing happens. Same thing happens. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, that was an intentional placement. I'm going to say you were halfway into the pit when this <laughs> happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, twenty eight. Twenty eight is a success. So you have you suffer no ill effects and do not need. You are immune to this effect for another minute. But I can tell it's horrible, right? You can tell that you just shook something off. I'm just going to turn to my companions and say, it was a mistake. Go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, very good. And then you hear something thud and scrabble. Thud and scrabble. Faster, faster. <laughs> go back faster. Go back more. Must go faster. Must go faster. <laughs> so, Professor, you were saying something about this summoning circle. There's something interesting inside of the summoning circle that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> No idea what's down there. Just heard some kind of wailing that almost had Leighton feel in some kind of way. And then you scurry back into the hallway to discuss the summoning, sir. Don't go down there. It's dark. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, check out the summoning circle. Check out yes. the summoning circle. All right. You head up to the summoning circle, professor in the lead. Um, the professor has already rolled a religion check. Does anybody else want to roll a knowledge? I'll roll a religion as well. 
I don't really have anything that would... Yes, Sam, what are some of my rules on this that I could potentially do? Um, you know, I, I it's a summoning circle. So the rules around these knowledge rules, I think, are a little less specific in a way that I enjoy. So the professor is going to get something from a religious perspective. Occultism could get something. Arcana could get something here, right? There's a lot of disciplines that would touch on summoning. Could I get either nature or religion? Yeah, you've got, you'll be the the third person rolling religion. So y'all could be sort of putting your heads together and I'll, you know, take kind of the sum of y'all's roles and tell you if you learn anything more, not the sum, but you know, the sum total of your conversation as you all put your heads together on it. Is anybody else rolling something? Occultism. Occultism? Mm Mm-hmm. I got an 18. An 18? 13. 13 for occultism and Merganza on religion. 14 on religion. 14. Basically, the 18 and the 14 are going to confirm uh, what the professor has already been talking about. Um, there's, there's not a lot of additional stuff. It's just like, oh, yeah, that that's definitely... The, the purpose of the summoning circle is to draw things into this world and to contain them there. The occultism check... You'd probably be looking a little bit more specifically at the runes to see if you can grasp a little bit more of their nature. You don't immediately. However, it feels like there's... It feels like you're not looking at a full picture here, right? This is a half arc. Mm -hmm. You know that things like this reinforce themselves with designs uh, across, kind of like a, 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 a warding circle in... The, the the warded man series this doesn't look like a whole picture it feels like you're not getting a a, a full picture of... it's not the entire circle of summoning here it doesn't seem hmm but you say that there's something in it perhaps there might be something in it but eugene you failed to detect any active magic in the room didn't you that is correct well let's do this the old-fashioned way and the professor reaches into his little uh fucking purse Pulls out a penny and uh, gives it the old heave-ho and flicks it into the circle. And you watch as it passes the line of the summoning circle, lands on the stone floor. Clink, 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 clink. Nothing else happens. All right, Andruk, you next. (laughs) I don't care any change. I'm sorry, man. Good luck, though. <laughs> Perhaps we investigate the door over here and to see if the, the, the circle continues through the, the boundaries of the wall. Yes, I think or Sven is on the geometry. leave it here if it's, you know, a cage? Yes, yeah, we're not taking the ring with us. No, it will stay here and we shall see if the ring continues, yes? Yeah, let's just go down the hallway. Yes, yes. The professor, yes. Um, I'll text you, Sam. All right. Ominous. Yeah. Okay, nobody stand next to the prof. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like something you do before something that is reckless. Nothing nothing, nothing drastic that happens in the moment. Mm-hmm. We're in danger. <laughs> and, uh, a little belated, but I should mention that there is no light on this level so far. Um, so obviously that's not a problem for Eugene. But for those of you All who right. don't have dark vision, who has light? I will cast light on Sven again. Okay, yeah. great. Let's throw Sven an aura again. up on him, and I'm going to throw, I'm going to reveal some areas as you begin to look down this hallway. 
hallway extends for about 60 feet. At the end of it, you see uh, three stones piled up or three piles of stones that resemble the ones you saw downstairs. You assume that they are to keep out oozes. Uh, about 30 feet down the hall, you see an opening to the north. Head that away? Yeah, Sven wants to stealth up. And stealth uh, up. All right, roll that stealth. Eugene is detecting magic down the hallway. 27. Mine's a 19. Uh, if people are getting up there, let's roll stealth. So Eugene, can I get a stealth roll from you? Oh, yeah. 26. 26. Great. Low ones in 19. Excellent. 24. You make it to that point. Sven, you're peering around the corner. Reveal some area here. And you're getting a view into the room. Looks pretty similar to the one you just left. And you're just able to make out some markings on the floor about 30 feet away that resemble the ones you saw in the other room. Yes, our conjecture was right. It does appear that the ring continues. Is there anyone in the we room? We advance on in. And do you proceed? Yes. All right, Sven, move yourself on the map. All right, as you get to there, just at the entrance to the room, you can see all of it. The floor in the eastern half of this room bears summoning runes similar to those in the previous chamber. The western wall has a big crack in it, and a jumble of mud brick fragments lie at the base. Mm. Uh, Sven wants to go and check out the rubble, see if... Uh... Yeah, it looks like it was pushed in or just kind of caved in. You go and you check out the rubble. Eugene will follow. Looking at it, it looks like the after effects of like structural damage, right? Um, you wonder if the rumbling that you felt this morning uh, was responsible for this or if previous instances similar to that have been slowly wearing away at the, the fabric of this place. It, it looks sure. like um, damage to the wall. Am I detecting any new magical sources or just similar feels from what I got from the runes of the summoning circle in the previous room? It is the it is identical. So you do believe that with that it 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 has exactly the same feel, the same flavor. You believe this is an extension of that summoning circle. Are the stones to the west in the hallway passable? Yes. Um for medium creatures they are passable. It requires an athletics check for large creatures. Do you guys think this is the ooze side or that's the ooze side? Uh, oh, I forgot. But, but, but isn't the ooze down in the lower chambers, I thought? But they also have the stones up here, so who knows? Oh, yes, you're right. You're right. Yay. Perhaps it travels. Perhaps it's summoned. By the circle? Uh, uh, never mind. Uh, sorry, just, uh, the, 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 just talking aloud. Do we want to go investigate uh, beyond the barrier for the oozes? If uh, if we are done in this room, yeah, yes, let's give it a shot. I suppose. What? Uh, sorry, I, I missed that. What? Are, what are you looking to? Um... We're gonna go through the past the rock barrier down the hallway. You're gonna go past the rock barrier down the hallway. Understood. Who's taking point? Uh, spend. Give me a stealth check. Uh, nineteen. All right. Can you move yourself on the map? Through the rocks? If that's where you're going. So you yeah. move up, start peering very carefully around. Eugene, is that is that where you're at, Eugene? Mm-hmm. Uh, can I get a stealth roll from you? Mm-hmm. Nanny oh. one. Oh. oh, boy. So. Actually, hang on a second. <laughs> Spend. <laughs> Click around and see Morgan, what actually. are you having me hang on for? <laughs> I forgot that I have very sneaky. What does that do? 
Yeah, so so basically, uh, as long as you continue to use sneak actions and succeed your stealth check, you don't become observed. You don't have co- if you don't have cover or greater cover and aren't concealed at the end of the sneak action. So because I succeeded in my last one, doesn't that mean I can just continue sneaking without having to reroll? Yeah. Mo, that's not how I read that, at least, because it it does say you have to continue to use them, and we haven't been continuing to use them in between, and you'd have to be rolling them every time anyway i think yeah i think what it does is if you continue to succeed you're you have an additional level of hiddenness oh okay we'll take a longer look at it but the last thing that you did was investigating that room to the north which wasn't sneaking so i think that that was an interruption regardless and because of that this was a fresh round of sneaking and it was a natty one so spend you approach the corner, you're squeezing through those stones, you look down and you see that uh, your hammer hanging off your belt is about to scrape against one of the, the piles, and you pull it back gently. And just as you turn to look into the room, you hear clatter clatter as Eugene elbows through. And when you turn back to the room, you see the largest Zulgath you have yet laid eyes on staring back at you. Oh, man. Hello. Her eyes flit to you. They come back directly in front of her to the west. They come back directly in front of her to the east. And she says, Intruders! In between you and her, there is a flapping, winged creature you may recognize. As an adult black dragon. As an adult (laughs) black dragon. As a quasit. (laughs) Oh, Hey, and we're going to roll for initiative at the beginning of next week's session. Oh, yeah. And there are oozes everywhere. You didn't even mention the 70 oozes in this room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like hay bales, dusting bales of hay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>